Welcome to our podcast. I'm David Kramer coming to you from Northern California. And I'm Dave Blasco from Arizona. Dave and I have been friends since the early 80s when we were college roommates. And we finally found a medium to share our wisdom with the world, or at least our opinions. Between us, we have two engineering degrees, two master's degree, an economics degree, 60 years plus of work experience, and uh, four uh, teenage and slightly older children. And we're making this podcast together to try and help each other and hopefully you, the listener, to save money. Uh, so, Dave, do you have any follow-up from our uh, our last episode? Hmm. I can't think that I thought of any pertinent topics for our guests from the last episode. So I'm going to probably leave it at that. All right. Well, today we are going to talk about something that we talked about for about 40 minutes after the last episode. Uh Television sets, um, or whatever we call them nowadays. Uh, it sounds like you just made an exciting purchase of one of the one of the nicest TVs that's available, according to the reviews. And uh, more importantly, for this podcast, uh, one of the best values out there in uh, an OLED TV. What'd you get, Dave? Yeah, I just bought one of the LG's OLED TVs, the. Uh 65-inch B8 model, which is kind of the low end of their TVs, and I'm really excited about it because most people, by most folks' reckoning, it is the probably nicest TV out there right now, and so far I'm pretty happy with it. And you do say OLED, right? Or are you supposed to say O-L-E-D? I'm not really sure. I think I'd say O-L-E-D. And for oh. our, our for our listeners out there, it's just a bit. It's a different technology than LCD-based TVs. It's uh, O for organic light-emitting diode, so it, it works differently than LCD TVs and has different properties that allows it to um, display a picture better than uh, really any LCD can display today. Hmm. So everybody seems to agree that OLED is the best. Sounds like I'm talking about my Scandinavian cousin, but um, what can you see the difference? I, I see the difference. the The big thing for me was years ago. Uh, well, I I had it until a few weeks ago. We had a plasma TV, and as our listeners may recall, when when um, flat panel TVs first came out, plasmas were the first flat panel TVs out there, and I had that for a number of years. Just uh, gave away my Panasonic 50-inch TV to one of my son's son's friends. But the thing about those TVs is their quality of the picture was better than LCD. LCDs really took over the marketplace because they were a lot cheaper to produce. I ended up buying an LCD TV as, as well to save money. That's the save money aspect of it. Um, but for a long time, when I first, when I bought my LCD TV to replace the plasma. My family wasn't happy with it because the picture quality it was still it's still good, but it wasn't as good as the um, uh, plasma TV, which is better for motion, has better contrast ratios. When you're looking at a dark scene, you, you can see the fine detail that you really can't see with LCD TVs. So my impetus for buying the OLED TV is I've I've been watching it for a while, been really interested, but the prices are so dang high, and this is kind of the first year where they've dropped, that size TV dropped below $2,000. And uh, it's at the end of the model year. I just bought it about six weeks ago. We're kind of at the end of the model year. The new models are coming out and prices are dropping. So if you're interested, snag one up, snag a 2018 model out there now. I'm seeing prices for that 65-inch TV right around going as low as $1,700. Yeah, I was uh, 
snooping around the the expensive TVs at Best Buy and uh, choking on the price a little bit. And then one of the guys that worked there came and told me that uh, for most of the brands, the prices come down um, uh, right around the Super Bowl. That's when the new the new uh, uh, the new models are coming out, so they discount the last ones. Uh, right, right before, right after the Super Bowl, except for LG, who's a couple months later. Oh, really? I I hadn't heard that, but I have heard that buying a TV around the Super Bowl is, is can be oftentimes better than buying around Black Friday. And I've been tracking this pretty closely now. I I almost did it last year, but I just couldn't bring myself to do. It. I just felt just didn't feel the prices had dropped, and the technology is relatively new and there's the manufacturing capability is not there so i've been really disappointed that it's taken this long to drop and i i kind of wonder whether these will ever catch on because i think there's some lcd makers that are approaching the quality of oleds so we so it'll be interesting to see if we see these tvs drop more in the future because they are technically superior to lctv lcd tvs i should say today um so i just i went ahead and did it and uh I like it so far. It's also the first 4K TV I have. And for most sources, you don't see it because most sources are not in 4K. But there's some shows that are on Netflix and some shows on Amazon Prime. It looks really nice. And the um, other nice thing about it is the off-axis viewing is is far superior. So on an LCD TV, if you get too far from perpendicular, you the... TV quality changes dramatically. And it's hard to see sometimes. So in my room, the way we're set up, we have one chair that I like to sit in kind of off to the side and I can still see the TV really well with this style TV. One of the downsides from the plasmas, aside from they were much heavier and uh, they used more energy, was that um, they suffered from burning. So if you had the ESPN logo or something up for a couple hours, you could, you could still see it after you change the channel. Did the OLEDs ha- suffer from that? Now, I'm not an expert, Dave, so um, I do believe they can potentially suffer from that, but I believe that the folks that do them have some sort of technology where they'll try to move a pixel here or there so it doesn't suffer from that as much. I, I know with my plasma, that was a concern. That was a big worry. And I watch a lot of sports. I don't. I never had a burn-in problem on my plasma TV. I think you've got to leave it on with that thing down there a long time before it burns in, if you will. I think for most people, it's not going to be an issue, but it technically, I think, um, I think technically it can be an issue on OLED TVs. Maybe something you got to think about if you're playing uh, video games. Yeah, that, that's for sure. Um, or uh, I was trying to think, I had some app I was watching on TV or watching something where it, it kept something in the, maybe it's Spotify. Sometimes I'll play Spotify on the TV and it seems like sometimes they'll keep certain logos in the same place and you wish they'd move them around, if you will. Um, all right. So, yeah, I remember, boy, time flies as you get older, but I remember a friend of mine shopping for a new TV and, uh, I was the first time I heard of OLEDs, uh, cause he surprised me when he told me what size TV he was looking at for five or $6,000. I think it had got marked down to $4,000 and I hadn't, I hadn't realized that TVs could be that expensive again. Yeah. This TV, um, just a few years ago when LG came out with these, I think this size TV might've been five grand. It's crazy. And I've been watching it for a number of years now just because I like the technology. And when we, I replaced our, so money saving story here. I replaced our plasma TV. I had a 50, 50 inch 
Panasonic TV that I bought from Costco years ago. It cost me two grand back 2008. That's a lot of money in 2008 if you think about it. And this TV is bigger and costs $250 less. But the one of the reasons I replaced it was we um, had the TV on. Sometimes it's on in the background, if you will. And the original plasmas, like you said, have a, a huge energy draw. And I'm a nerdy guy, so I have a little meter I can pull the wattage. And I never thought about this when I bought it, but that TV would pull like 590 watts when it's on. Similar to running a small hairdryer all the time. So long story short, I, I bought a uh, Vizio 55-inch uh, TV, and it was a little bigger than the Panasonic. And uh, my family wasn't happy with it. It's still a fine TV, very nice TV, very well rated, but it, it's just different than the plasma. Um, but the thing paid for itself in three and a half years, just with lower energy use, that 55 inch TV would pull 110 Watts. And when you have the TV on a lot and the kids around, they leave the TV on, it actually paid for itself in three and a half years. And that was my only purpose for buying it was to, was to relegate the, uh, big plasma to the living room, which doesn't get used that often. Both of my big TVs I bought from Costco, and, and I think I would recommend that to the listeners. It's it's a little tricky uh, cross-shopping because sometimes they make up their own uh, model number, sometimes with reduced uh, features from some of the comparable ones. But uh, the uh, the return policy is so much more generous than other places. Uh, I, th I think it's worth it. I do. I'd have to agree with you. Now, this new one I bought, I did not go with Costco. Um, but every other TV in my house I've purchased from Costco because if you don't like it, you can take it back. And you have 90 days to, to take it back. And uh, it's always nice you can see it on display there and get exactly what you see. I got to admit, when I was looking at TVs recently, I looked at the OLEDs. But then I started looking at similarly priced 86-inch uh, LED TVs um, under $2,000 and significantly bigger. And I don't know, one thing I learned from buying an engagement ring is, uh, you know, they talk about cut, color, clarity, and carrots. And the only thing anybody remembers after uh, after you walk out of the jewelry store is the size of the diamond. I so, <laughs> I don't, when you walk into somebody else's house and, and uh, see the TV, all you really notice is the size. Yeah, that's, that's true. And um, it, 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 that is true. I, I thought about, the other thing I thought about getting is, uh, you, you've seen my uh, family room. We have the TV kind of in the corner because my wife likes that so you can look out over the patio. Ultimately, I'd probably rather have the TV on the long wall there. And what's another interesting technology, you may have seen these things, these short throw projectors. You can get a projector that basically you can set within a foot or two of the, like I think a foot of the wall and project up to a hundred inch um, display on a screen, which is pretty interesting, intriguing concept, if you will. It is. It, it seems like if you buy the really good screens, they cost as much as a television set. Some of the screens can be pretty pricey. And especially the, the thing about it for me here in Arizona is we have a bright room and our room faces to the west. So in the afternoon, you have some afternoon sun can kind of stream in a little bit, although we do have shade screens. That was one of the issues for us. And even with this the new, this new TV is if you have a really bright room, you might want to check this TV out. It is not as bright as LCD TVs. So plasma TVs, if you've had one, are not super bright, but they're able to show the fine detail. But their their brightness is nowhere near LCD TVs because most people like LCDs. You go into the showroom, it pops. It's really bright. And this OLED TV um, took some getting used to. I'm used to it now. We've had it for like five weeks. It was significantly less bright than the LCD TV, but I think it 
projects a more accurate rendering of reality, if you will. But it takes a bit getting used to. That was one of the advantages of buying at Costco because you'd be looking at them. Uh, you'd look at the TV under the regular harsh lighting. But if you went to uh, an appliance store or uh, a video store, they had the lights turned down. So it could be very disappointing when you brought your expensive TV home and uh, hung it on the wall and it was all washed out. Yeah. And when we first set it up, I think the family reacted to that. And I remember I remember when I talked, when we changed the plasma out, they reacted to how bright the LCD was and we've had it now for four years where we're used to it but if you're if you have a really bright room you should go check it out and make sure it's going to be you know right for you i think at this point i'm good with it and it looks normal and you can set it to a vivid setting if you want to but it's definitely different lcds will pop more and be much can be much brighter well you do have to there's a lot of setting options on these tvs and in the showroom frequently they got them set to some kind of pop thing to catch your attention but i think when they're delivered to your house they have some kind of energy saving mode on as a default as they're trying to get their energy star rating etc and if you uh, you might be able with the flip of a digital switch if you can find it get it to be significantly brighter yeah that's a good point um you and i had talked about it you sent me some setup and i i still have to go through and do all the setup i was having a little trouble following the uh, i i'm a consumer reports member and following the parameters that they set this tv up to and getting it to set in the menu i was having trouble finding those exact menu settings but that's a good point for any listeners generally you can see what people have set the tv to if you're a consumer reports member or uh, the other one of the websites i really like is cnet and they will show you the exact parameters for all the settings they set their TV to. And then you can go into the settings and set that TV the same way to, to get the same exact parameters that professionals would set up. So that's a, that's a good tip. Yeah, I was inspired after our conversation last week to go try and tweak my TV. And I, I think I might have made it worse. Uh, but, hey, you got to try. Yeah, yeah. So the, only, the thing I like about my TV, one thing I would say is I got the bottom of the line, which is essentially the panels the same across the, the line. The higher end versions have a little bit better processor, but most folks will say, hey, from a practical perspective, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have as good a sound as some of the other TVs, but if you have your own sound system, which I do, or I, I may change my sound system, um, I would say go with the low end TV because I'm all I'm using it for is essentially is the display and not the sound, if you will. But if you're looking for a little better sound, you might want to look up to the next model, the C series or the E series. They're going to be a few hundred dollars more. But if you don't have, say, your own set of speakers or soundbar or something like that, you might want to look at that. Um, yeah, another setting to look for uh, on the Samsung is I think it's called True Motion, um, but the all the new TVs have them where they kind of they ins insert extra frames to try and smooth out the picture. Uh, and uh, Tom Cruise put out a uh, public service announcement begging people to please turn them off so his action movies wouldn't look like Mexican soap operas. Yeah, yeah. So it is funny. You, for most folks, they probably want to turn that off because it'll make it'll make the picture look kind of funny, if you will. Have have you tried turning it on and off when you're looking at sporting events? I've tried some different things with sporting events. Um, I've tried some different settings. I've not tried turning that on and off, but I'm I'll fuss a lot of times with the standard settings. The TV has like a cinema dark, a cinema I think it calls it home, a vivid setting, a standard setting. So I've been playing around with that mainly just to look at the the way it looks. 
and I'm kind of settled in on the standard setting right now, but I've not turned that on, you know, I've not turned that um, on, on and off during sporting events. Yeah, I, I'd recommend for people shopping for TVs to do research online, maybe go look at them by yourself sometime, but make your decision before you're before you walk into the store like when uh i bought the one we have i went with the family and i ended up buying the the one with the 3d version where you have to wear glasses mm-hmm. and that got used exactly once yeah 3d was the big rage what maybe six seven years ago and it, it a lot of tv companies are stopping that it doesn't seem like it's ever really it's going to catch on and at this point honestly i don't uh, go to 3D movies. I go to the regular version of it. Um, particularly if you wear glasses like I do, I don't find it to be a very pleasant experience. Hmm, interesting. I've never seen a 3D movie in the theater. Interesting that, but uh, yeah, none of my TVs had the 3D on it. But it seemed for a while like that was the, all the rage. Well, I have one theory, which is if you wait at least five years between buying technical items like televisions or, or cars, uh, then you get this. Uh, real appreciation of the of the technology improvements. It's not uh, gradual, and you're annoyed because it doesn't work as well as you think it should be. You're impressed. I mean, the first time you get into a a reasonably priced car and the Bluetooth works, that's amazing. Yeah, that's a good point. Because having um, you know a few years ago had an old Camry that didn't have any of that technology, and now um, you know have a new uh, newer Toyota. Prius and has Bluetooth and it has a backup camera on it. It is amazing how far technology goes and how fast it will change just in the period of, 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 uh, of five years. Yeah, the uh, science fiction writer Arthur C. Clarke a long time ago said, uh, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. So I, <laughs> but you have to wait a long enough time. So like my car has uh, adaptive cruise control, which I don't think was available when you bought yours. And it's amazing. That is a really cool technology. That's probably um, going to save a lot of people accidents, but potentially lives. Um, and you, you're starting to see it more and more in lower price cars. And maybe in 10 years, it'll be fairly um, mainstream across uh, maybe even mid-priced cars. Dave, I was a bit of an audiophile from hanging out with you. You were you were a pretty serious audiophile when we worked. Uh, when we lived together, um, I was always kind of casual about it. Uh, but I kind of gave up on it when it switched into video. It didn't seem like it was worth the effort to tweak video um, to watch, you know, stupid sitcoms or whatever I was watching. Are, have you got into video the way you were into sound when we were when we were teenagers? I have not. I, I, I used to have a pretty fancy stereo system and with the video side I have not I, I have um right now that I have a sound bar that's about 10 years old a Polk sound bar but I don't have the rear surround speakers and the way my family room is set up where we watch the TV the most it's hard to set up surround speakers because it's not exactly it's not exactly a rectangular room where I can put the speakers behind the couch because I have a sectional and another chair so I just I just haven't got into that what I am thinking about getting though is um is getting a replacement for the sound bar I have and some of these soundbars you can get will will try to project the front part of the image even with um, height, and so I'm looking at um, an LG and a Samsung soundbars that are kind of pricey, maybe as pricey as a TV would be, but I'm kind of looking at some stuff like that. But I just haven't bit the just haven't gone gone into it yet. Do you have a subwoofer in your current setup? 
I do. I do have a, um, a subwoofer in my current setup, and um, I had a, a I have a soundbar. I've got two small speakers out there now. I, for a while, I had a couple. Um, oh gosh, I had a couple of uh, Kef, pretty nice English speakers. They're kind of bottom of the line in the subwoofer, so really it was set up for stereo, but not really optimized for um, you know the surround sound experience. It's it's a bit of a pain in the ass getting the speakers behind you, but it, it does change experience. It's pretty cool when a helicopter flies by your head. Um, I think you can do it relatively inexpensively now, particularly if you figure out how to pull the wires yourself or do it wirelessly. Yeah, so I've been, I have been thinking about that, and I'd have to set my speakers up where they're kind of on the stand behind the couch, and I'm worried about am I going to kick them over and I walk by, or the dog gonna, is the dog going to knock them over? Because they really have to be stood up right behind the couch. There's no wall behind the couch, if you will. Yeah. So for me, I don't have that easy to uh, set up rectangular room where the speakers be out of the way of, of um, well, I don't have small kids anymore running around the house, but out of the way of the dog and where I won't kick it over. Yeah, but I, you know, it doesn't have to be super high fidelity. You could put a twenty dollars pair of speakers over there and get most of the effect on a, on a, you know, a twenty dollars set of stands. Uh, I'm not sure if you can do it wirelessly or not, though. There are wireless ones. I I was back at I was over at Best Buy after I bought the TV, looking at some of the top-rated sound bars, and there's a, a couple. There's a few nice ones. Um, there's there's one from LG and one from Samsung. I was looking at, and there was looking at some from, um, one from Bose, but. They do have some wireless setup, so I just need to get power over there, which I can just run under the couch, and I may end up doing that. And that might be a way of just setting up a pretty nice uh, kind of, I'll call it, uh, surround sound for the for this the TV. You know, there, there's so many video parameters that you can adjust, and it, you know, you, you can't quit your job just to play with your TV set. Um, I suspect most people just use them the way they are when they come out of the box. Can you hire somebody to come and adjust your screen? I've never done that, but I've seen that. You sure can. They can come out and bring out some professional equipment that will actually take the signal off your screen and then tweak it and adjust it. Yeah, if you wanted to do that. I think people who spend a lot of money on, say, a home theater system, if, if you have something like that, will have someone come out and actually professionally tweak the projector or the, or the TV. Yeah, it, it, it feels kind of wasteful as I'm saying it. But then again, if you have spent a couple thousand dollars on, on a television set and you don't enjoy it and you spend hundreds of hours looking at it, it might be worth throwing a uh, hundred bucks or a couple hundred bucks at the at the Geek Squad guys to come and try and make it better. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good point. I almost got a, I almost got a membership a while back. I, we um, had an older van um, and I was going to upgrade the stereo on it. It makes some sense if you're going to do something like that. There's a $200 membership you can buy for Geek Squad, and they'll install all the equipment in your car that you want to buy in a given year. And I don't think they'll come out to your home for free, but I think they'll offer you some discounted pricing. So if you wanted to do some things like that, that might be a good thing to check out. Again, it's $200, and probably only makes sense if you're going to do some maybe install in a car or maybe an older car if you wanted to add like a backup camera to it or something like that. But that might be something to investigate. Yeah, particularly on a car, I can see that because it's very hard to take the cars apart and put them back together without making them rattle. Um, so the thing is, though, with computer stuff and uh, video and audio stuff in your house, those guys didn't go to audio college. They just read the 
well, I don't, don't even read the manual. They Google it. So if you have some time and some persistence, you can do as good a job as those guys can. Yeah, the only difference they would have is they'd come out with some. They would come out with a device to read the screen and and send a signal and then compare the out, output to to tweak it, if you will. But I think you know I think what you did was basically um, for your TV, get the settings from say Consumer Reports will publish the settings or CNET will sometimes publish the settings. And if you can go into the menu and tweak each of those individual things, it's probably as good as it gets, and that's probably better than what most what most folks have. On the other hand, though, like I used to wash my own cars, um, like I owned a 1990 Mazda Miata. I know you owned one too, Dave. It was the same year? It was, what was the second? It was the second year. Was the second year in 90 or 91? I, I can't remember. It was. The... I, I used to wash that myself because yeah. it is very easy and uh, very satisfying. But then I realized when I was washing my own cars, I'd find nicks and dead bugs and scratches that I couldn't repair. And instead of being happy, I'd be pissed off. Uh, so when I moved to California and it was relatively cheap to have a hand car wash, you'd give a dirty car and come back clean. And you say, oh, look, I got a nice shiny new car and you'd be happy for <laughs> 10 bucks or 20 bucks. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, tis, tis true, yes. Um, Oftentimes I'll just run my car through the, uh, not the hand wash, but just the wash at Sam's Club because it's $6 and it looks pretty clean, right? Uh, yeah, and if you do it yourself and it rains, then you're really annoyed. Yeah. That's I guess you don't have that problem in Phoenix. does not rain that much, although we've had, we've had more than our fair share of rain this year, but not that often. Yeah. All right. I, we're getting to that time, Dave. I think we should uh, wrap it up. Anything you want to close with? I would just say from a you know TV perspective, just a couple things because we're we're about saving money. Your TV um, and the energy it draws can be a factor. So if you've got an old TV, even old LCD TVs, it might be a good time to upgrade because some of the older ones um, pull maybe twice as much power as the ones today. And if your TV lacks a few features, donate it to a good home, take it to Goodwill, and you might consider buying a new TV that uses less energy and it might pay for itself over a factor of five or six years. And the, the OLED TV, it's super. Um, the t I love the technology. I love the off-axis viewing, and, and it really gives a fabulous picture, very similar to folks who used to, used to have a plasma TV or maybe still do um, that you've been missing for a few years. All right, great. So, uh, listeners, we're still uh, begging for uh, reviews. If you can do that on Apple Podcasts, that really helps us out. Um, and we're going to keep trying to do this weekly. It's a lot of fun for me. Uh, I really enjoy catching up with my old friend. All right, everybody, take care. Take care. Hey, everybody, David Kramer here. We were so excited about the hot TV talk forgot to make a recommendation for another podcast you might enjoy. So here's uh, a good entry into audio drama. If you have any interest in that at all, you should start with the BBC Drama of the Week. Uh, it's usually from a different series each week, and I found some ones I really enjoyed there. Um, some of them aren't for everybody, but it's definitely worth a listen if you enjoy the medium. All right, thanks. See you in a week.